Welcome to Soul Alchemy, the podcast where we alchemize your dreams and desires into reality. In this podcast, we're going to dive deeply into manifestation, self-development work, spirituality, sexuality, and dating. All of the things that you need in order for you to create the life that you dream of. So welcome, my name is Freya, and let's begin. so much for being here and thank you Rhiannon. Rhiannon, is that how I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, it is. Thank you so much. So I'm sitting here with you today because I um, I shared on the podcast an episode about soulmates and in this episode I was talking about the different soulmates and one of them that I was talking about was the karmic soulmate which just by the name of it um, can sound a little bit heavy. And that is because that experience was quite heavy. So I feel like we have tapped upon this, this subject or this concept within the spiritual realm, but I also want to bring it back to something that is a bit more earthly. And I think that you were the perfect expert to really be able to hold the concepts from both of these worlds. So Rianne and you are the founder of the Pleasure Temple and you're a tantric sexologist. Um, and you told me you work with tantric de-armoring and really releasing of all of these traumas that we build within our bodies. And you have been working as an entrepreneur in this space for over 15 years, right? Yeah. Yes. And I would love for you, like I have been following you for years, but we quickly connected a few years ago when I was going through uh, this whole big shitstorm. Um, but I, I've only experienced that from my own point of view and what I went through at the time. So could you put some words in how that was for you and what you were experiencing at the same time? Ooh, that's, uh, let's see if I can even go back there. I don't know yeah. if I can but um, yeah, I think I think I have been so used to actually being very safe on social media, expressing myself fully, freely. Yeah, I've never experienced any um, attack or cut off. Mm -hmm. So that was in a way the first meeting that we had where we experienced like a full on um a social media trauma together social media trauma <laughs> together and um i i've actually not told about this in podcast so i'm just going to quickly tell the audience what happened so it was when I was highly pregnant and um, it was just when Corona happened that, and at that time I was working as a holistic therapist, helping people with hormones and, and healing their bodies. And um, Corona happened and I made, made a blog post which had like affiliate links to some supplements. And I said, if you take some vitamin D, if you take some vitamin C, if you, can clear out some of your old stuff with like some chlorella and it was very very basic things like sink things that most holistic practitioners would use just as a standard when you're working with people and I said you can use some of these things and then I had some link to some research articles whereas uh, one of them was a research article that was researching the benefits of taking vitamin c if you're in a cancer process um and then that i that was picked up by the ministry of health in denmark and they reached out to me and said that that was illegal and i needed to remove it and i also got a fine for thirty thousand danish crowns which when you're a new entrepreneur and you're not making loads of money that is and and it's just about to go on maternity leave that is that was all of the money that I had basically at the time so I was absolutely devastated that and also for the fact that it wasn't legal for me to say things that I thought was like pretty common knowledge and um, so I made a Facebook post about that and that kind of was then it went viral in Denmark and it was picked up by a lot of people. This There was this debate guy who has 
a lot of followers. I, I don't even remember his name, <laughs> to be honest. Um, he has a lot of followers and he picked this up and he it, it became a whole thing. He was talking about how everyone in our space is like um, taking a, an advantage of females who are vulnerable and that we're just trying to make money out of them, which is quite hilarious comparing to the fact of what he does. Um, yeah, so I blocked him and then it became even bigger and I was contacted by big newspapers in Denmark and it was the whole thing. And you were kind of in that debate as well. Mm. So that pretty much sets the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was kind of our first meeting point in one way. Mm. Um, and it's quite interesting now looking back, going through the whole Corona thing. Yeah. If I, I feel into the underlying current, it's mm -hmm. like as a highly intuitive uh, kinesthetic woman, it's like you feel truth uh, by goosebumps and you feel when something is off. And I at that time, I think a lot of us were reacting to something that just felt fucking off, like yeah. something was going on. Yeah. Then at the same time, we have this whole scientific Western approach, which really has it, its gifts and its, its mm -hmm. things and laws and regulations. And But then we also have, like, we could say Eastern knowledge mm -hmm. and wisdom, and we have feminine intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I am actually in my educations, I'm weaving all three of them together mm -hmm. i mean i'm super passionate about neuroscience and the the things that actually is validating um feminine intelligence and 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 but also how the science is lacking and the whole eastern wisdom and and i feel like there is a melting point in yeah. those three things coming together and communicating together and supporting each other instead of cutting each other off um but this is kind of a whole different like uh <laughs> talk, a yeah. hole to dive into but mm. um i think it's maybe a good intro to what we're going to talk about which mm. is um trauma <laughs> trauma and and how um we are uh experience these different things in relating yeah how our bodies and our nervous systems are re reacting to that and why we sometimes uh, keep either repeating relationship patterns or yeah. we attract something that feels like shit yeah. but it also feels familiar and safe in some way yeah definitely um, so I think we should um, yeah, go it. back and move into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and it's actually quite fitting that that is how we met. And this is what we're talking about now, because in that time of my pregnancy, I was going through the leftover shame and trauma that happened. So what we're going to be talking here today, uh, talking about here today is trauma bonding. And the reason why that was taking up so much space for me was at that time, I was actually in a quite healthy relationship with my daughter's father, and I did not know how to do that. It was very, very strange, very painful. And at the same time, I kept thinking about my ex, which I didn't understand because we didn't have a good relationship. So... In the podcast that I made, I was talking about these different soulmates and the karmic soulmate. And I really want to take that back to the 3D. So I would love to hear from you in your words. What is a trauma-bonded relationship? And who ends up being in a trauma-bonded relationship and why? Yes. So, I mean, I both have professional experience with this, but also personal experience, of course, that is, um, that is how we learn the best. Yeah. So, but just from a very clear 
maybe from professional aspect, when we basically, when we are in our mom's belly, we know from science that we are calibrating her nervous system. Mm -hmm. So imagine the relationship that she was in with a man at that time, the lovemaking, the experience she had with the man, how that unfolded in her nervous system. Then we have the birth, right? And depending on how that goes, we get we get wired. Uh, and then we have the first six years, which are the most, um, it's also based on science. We know that those are most influential on how we um, develop our operating system, how we develop our some of our condi deepest conditionings, our nervous system. And so if we have grown up in an environment with our parents where there was relationship dysfunctions, um, we experience that as children and we copy, we feel, we sense, we see what is happening there. And we be that becomes our internal relationship model somehow. Mm -hmm. And so as we grow older and we start to attract men, perhaps, um, that most likely plays out. And often we will experience that there is a, quite a lot of sexual energy mm -hmm. connected to, I don't know if you recognize this, Zoe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> recognize, re uh, related to the trauma mm. or the the inner child and it becomes like a projection outwards to from the trauma perspective to want to solve that maybe that the love you never had with your dad mm. or the attention or lack of being seen or lack of whatever gets projected out on that man and there is this internal thing going on uh, and that longing mm -hmm. in reality it is about that inner child needing to be healed mm -hmm. for me it was my dad he was unfaithful to my mom and um, I would then start attracting men in my life where there was abandonment where there was emotional abandonment eventually having a couple of men cheat on me and those types of men who had that where i felt the <laughs> the abandonment yeah. it was like that was just so such a turn on because <laughs> i couldn't fully get them and i had all these mechanisms try to keep them in to not experience the hurt of abandonment again. So I developed all these different strategies to try and, and hold on to them, to not experience that pain of abandonment, but it still happened. Yeah. And it was not until I fucking worked with the core wound mm. deeply that I was able to really rewire it. so so that's in a way the next um yeah talk yeah. into how to how to do that but i think there is a little yeah. bit more meat here I, on the, on the the actual trauma bonding and what happens i think yeah. we need to go a bit more in there before yeah. we... so what i understand of trauma bonding is because these kind of relationships, as I see them from my perspective and what I've experienced is often when we have an anxiously attached and an avoidantly attached person together. And that is like in a, a whole episode on itself just to explain what those two things mean. But for now, you can look on Google. <laughs> and um, what is very interesting about those two parties is when they get into a relationship, because both of them are kind of in a lack of love within themselves. They 
are one up than normal people. So both of them in the initial stages of a relationship are very passionate, are very loving, giving each other all of the attention, all of the love that both of them need in order for them to feel safe and seen and heard and, and they feel like this person see them in a way that they've never experienced and probably never has experienced before. But then what happens is when they get into a relationship is that the avoidant feel safe and so now they don't have to overgive of themselves <laughs> in order for them to, to be sure of the other person. But the anxiously attached still needs that overgiving to feel safe and seen and so they start coming into this dance of intermittent reinforcement and I would love to hear your perspective on, on that and that dynamic mm. what goes on there and why why that creates a trauma bond mm. yeah so so the is correct that it's like it's it's a lack within and then we the the meeting happens and they fill the holes it's like peeing in the pants <laughs> and then for one it gets too much and the other one uh gets the needy and i think the the simple the simple simple version here is that if we do not take responsibility for our own trauma and inner child it's we can never ever find that security and that safe bonding between each other unless we are safe in ourselves mm -hmm. so we have the secure attached which is i am safe to express my needs my desires my emotions and i feel safe within myself to do that mm -hmm. and so you know we have these these titles on the different types of um trauma in relating but in the simple version it's the same it's the same issue yeah and um i think that there is a i think the, the what's for me a bit um what for me is interesting to talk about is that as I see it, we have a huge collective shadow, mm -hmm. which is that when we come into Earth, we are being born into the shadow of how we should relate. Mm -hmm. The marriage, the one and only, mm -hmm. the house, the child, the car, the this, like the, the dating programs, we have all the construct we have collectively on how to relate. And so uh, it becomes a very outward need, mm -hmm. the, the dream out there. Mm -hmm. Instead of, imagine we would have schools where we were being taught about self-love and mm -hmm. safe, being safe emotionally inside. And there is not a lot of emphasis in the collective to really go in and do the inner work yeah so i don't know i'm not kind of lost in that right now with your question but i think the simple version of what i'm trying to say is that if we do not work on our nervous system and our inner child and and the conditioning we have with us mm -hmm. and all the constructs then it's very difficult to come into secure relating or be supported in our higher potential um, in a relating. I understand. And I, I also see what you're saying with, we have this construct of what we think that our love and our partnerships are supposed to be like, which is set up in a way that is really not toxic, but maybe also not healthy. And it also doesn't give us the free possibility of defining for ourselves how that is meant to look like for us and because of this everyone is trying to plug into this understanding of what a relationship is but for the avoidantly attached or someone that doesn't want that closeness it's going to be 
fake for them or inauthentic to try and do all of these things but they they might even still do them they just are not feeling safe in the process and the anxiously attached want all those things they think because they think that that will give them the safety that that they crave that then when we have all of these things then I can trust that you're not going to leave me and then you still might figure out that none of those things really make you happy because it's it's not necessarily for you it's just the programming um i want to take a step back just to uh, just to talk a little bit about the dynamic because i think that that's one of the things that has made me understand um for myself and my own experience why these relationships are so hard to get over. I remember being sat at a therapist years later after the trauma-bonded relationship that I was in, and I was just like, I do not understand why I'm still thinking about this person that didn't treat me very well, but it, there was just so much passion there, and, and in a way, like, that moment of having those love bombing or moments of having way more than a normal secure person would give you that just makes you so addicted and there's like this push pull dynamic that gives you like a hit of the drug that you want and then it's taken away from you and then you get another hit and because you keep chasing that high you become in this loop of addiction so how do you see that? How have you experienced that yourself? Yeah, I have. And it was also before I really started the work of experiencing how much pleasure is available in my body. Mm. So something happened for me when I when I went into the tantric world and I really had my body de-armored and I connected with that I am love, I am complete resource in me, I have access to infinite pleasure and, and my wisdom, that, that kind of shifted the, that thing. Yeah. So, so it's only because we think that there is I'm lacking mm. that that dynamic can happen if I am in a separated state of I am not whole or I am not loving myself or then it becomes very addictive to get that from the outside and I I know that feeling yeah well but I th I think that is the that is the, if we take it macro, micro and macro, it's yeah. also our disconnection from nature, right? It's like, it's how open and sensitive can we return to become to, to her, to nature, to source. And so, uh, yeah. yeah i i i almost don't know how to respond into that thing that yeah. you're asking because um of course we are we are uh, surviving because we need relationships we need to be loved we need kinesthetic touch it, it is it is also our nature. Mm. We need that. We need to feel seen, loved, met. It's a part of our survival. Yeah. However, if that comes too externalized, yeah. It, right? It's definitely. So I think I understand that you're saying that the reason why we crave that from someone else is because we think that we need to get it from outside of ourselves so what actually what we need to learn for us to break that spell is to learn that both we can be self-sufficient but also that we can get get it from a safe partner 
Exactly. But safe being the code word here. Um, I definitely, I completely understand because I think one of the reasons why I was so addicted to that relationship was because the sex was so good. <laughs> like going back to what you said, like, because we have this trauma between us and I've met, I've actually met men recently where I've just felt that strong, strong pull. And then I like have started to decode that as, okay, so that means we, we can have good sex, but I am not getting into a relationship with this person, right? So how, what are some of the methods that you would use working through some of this trauma? If someone comes to you and say, I have this ex that I was with three years ago and I just cannot get over them, although the relationship was shit. What am like what do I do? I, I just can't keep living like this. What what then do you do? What's the process? Yeah, so there there are different things. Um one thing is as we just talked about, how can I as a woman return into feeling and experiencing that I am love how can I self-pleasure how can I know my body and what I need and and return to that home inside then there is the inner child work right and then there is the whole the, the whole trauma more like the, the trauma nervous system work mm -hmm. and for that the trauma nervous system work to be rewired what I what is kind of the way that I do it with with my practitioners and client is that let's say we have one experience here in our nervous system of what something is supposed to feel like yeah it feels a little bit shit but it feels safe yeah right? familiar yeah for me to start being able to do something different I can try and understand it with my head but my subconscious and my nervous system is not uh, communicating with my my clear mind so for me to be able to do something differently i need to experience a different imprint in my nervous system of what something can feel like that i have maybe never in my life experienced before yeah how does it feel maybe to feel fully uh, safe to express everything that i am how does it feel to be touched and um seen in a way that completely aligns with my bodily impulse what i need how does it feel like that i can express every need that i have and i'm being held in presence through that and so forth yeah so that to me sounds like when you start to do some of the work like it's really best beneficial to have a safe partner to do that work yes or to have a session with a, 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 a body worker where you get some imprints in your nervous system of what it really feels like hmm. Yeah. So the, the trauma over here, the, the, the tricky thing here is that the trauma always wants to confirm itself that it's right. Mm -hmm. And that can be so fucking strong. Yeah. Let's say that that we have a deep rooted trauma experience as a child that then creates a thought pattern i am not loved as i am that thought pattern and that trauma will do everything it can to confirm itself mm -hmm. so in order to do a rewiring process that maybe that's um, if it's a professional space holder it's like how can i show up for a person and do the opposite of what that client experienced as a child 
yeah without of course relating personally but how can i be a vessel for that imprint and then maybe doing some inner child healing work or whatnot and the 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 issue and this is maybe a different talk but the the issue for example in the tantra scene and and with all this it or to go to a facilitator is that the the trauma wound also chooses practitioners or people where i can be confirmed in that mm. oh that's so good uh, oh wow yeah i've never thought about that but of course like we, we pick partners but of course we pick practitioners as well so what do you do like is it when you have a strong, uh, strong pull to someone, is it then we either have to accept that that comes with some trauma activation or do we have to like go work with someone that we like initially feel like no, no of that like attraction or tension with? I would say, I, I would say that if it's a professional practitioner, they have to be trauma-informed and have to know how do you actually rewire trauma. If they don't, they are also not conscious about these different mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we, we shouldn't avoid triggers. We, we need to have triggers. We need to feel the things, but there is a difference between experiencing triggers and then repeating trauma patterns. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, and in, if we talk, take it into our personal lives, it doesn't, relationships that are moving more into safety, um, they will maybe feel a little bit less sexual, but they are, um, it's safe mm -hmm. to be all that I am. Yeah. And it's not like there is not triggers, but we can communicate in a way that, that keeps the safe relating. Yeah. And we can be on all the levels. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting dynamic. I think when we have gone through trauma in childhood, that we so much want to have that feeling of love and we think that that passion is love so that we automatically so attracted to the people that's going to hurt us the most and that's one of the things that i have found very difficult navigating i have been so lucky that i have been able to choose safe partners both before and after <laughs> my my uh, difficult relationships but i can definitely see how the feeling that I have around those people are very different from the feeling of like you're just the most exciting hot thing that I could just let me lick your face kind of a thing <laughs> like yeah so and, and there can also be I, I've also done this myself to if we've been really hurt in a relationship then I'm like fuck I'm not gonna experience that again so now I want something where I feel really safe. Yeah, so you go very opposite and then there's no sex, sexual chemistry. Exactly. Yeah. So there is there is a different space where I have this I have this saying that's that is how can I if I'm going beyond what I need and I relate from a place where i'm only interested in supporting someone's highest potential i'm only interested in really intimate relating with someone who's really aligned with my values my purpose my path mm -hmm. and there is a saying there how can i within my boundaries serve this person he or she to his or high, her highest potential Mm. 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 oh my god that's so hard <laughs> it is so hard because 
it also takes away I want this I need this it's like how can I fucking serve this person that I am fucking deeply aligned with on a soul level values also earthy values Mm -hmm. to his or her highest potential and when I focus there it's very interesting what I'm getting back yeah wow that's that's a completely new perspective for me I think I'm personally I have been anxiously attached now I'm like (laughs) I'm dancing in between anxiously and avoidance so I have no idea where where I'm at the minute but I'm always like how would we be together how would this la 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 but I'm never really thinking about how can I serve you and from that point of view of being focused on how can I make you a better person how can I show up for you how can I be a a good partner for you you also lose some of the attachment to it has to be in this very specific kind of relationship because at least as an anxiously attached you really want that relationship and that's something that can be quite challenging especially in the dating process because you are so far ahead of yourself attaching so quickly that you you're not about what is best for you and what do you want and and not in do you want me but in a I will support you because I see you and I love you for your person and whatever you need to do for you to be happy and healthy and feel loved, this is what I'm here for, whatever shape or form that comes in. Mm. And that is actually true love to me. So so that I think that there are different elements to dissect here that mm. when I just said, how can I serve you within my boundaries to mm. your highest potential? It is with a fundament of loving myself knowing my boundaries what i need expressing myself but at the same time being able to be non-attached yeah if we come and i i don't know if i heard you right but if we come from that um attached place i want something Mm -hmm. and i put myself aside it is more i would say like a fawning response Mm. i am willing to compromise my own needs and boundaries because i want that person so much so (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we need to share to the the people listening here that we have four different trauma responses Mm -hmm. we have the fawning which is i am over in other people and putting my needs and boundaries aside because in order for me to be accepted i'm leaving myself to be loved mm-hmm. so i fall mm-hmm. a freeze where i'm in a freeze response not able to really express my needs and boundaries i am unsafe i think i will maybe die mm-hmm. um it's a, it's also where we have shock and severe dissociation uh, maybe we know when we have sex and intimacy and we freeze. fly there and freeze um, because I'm not safe to express. Then we have the, the fight response, which is uh, the go, the, you know, I'm willing to protect everything I love. I will kill everything. I will take like full on action. I But I have a, I am, it's uncomfortable for me to be vulnerable. It's unsafe for me to be vulnerable. And there is also a tendency to project a lot out on other people when you have a fight response. And then we have the the flight, which is I am unsafe to be in my grounded emotional. So I am always busy. I'm always on the go. I am more in the mental flight flying away response because it's unsafe to to be here and we need to talk a lot we need to mentalize we need to Mm. so but everything is actually about unsafety to really be vulnerable and to express 
you know what? I feel really triggered. This is really, when you do like this, I, I get so triggered and vulnerable and I feel sadness in my heart and um, la la la. Yeah. I don't know if this was a clear <laughs> response to what you were sharing. But well, was... I absolutely love it. And, and especially because it's something that I'm like, I'm in the, in a process now where I'm just like dipping my toes into dating. It's very, very new for me. I haven't, I haven't been relating to anyone for over a year just because I was just so like, I just don't know how to do this. I'm just going to be peace out for like a year. And so I am experiencing all of that come up. Like I'm experiencing, I have already like run away from a situation with a person where I was like, just how you, I can't, I just bleh, running away. And um, also experiencing moments of freeze of not being able to communicate and, and saying, what I think in like having my boundaries overstepped just because I didn't don't know what to do when people overstep my boundaries especially when it's very early of getting to know a person because I feel like it comes as such a shock for your nervous system when someone does something that you're not ready for like it's just been small things like so someone put their arm around me on a first date and I'm like I have no idea who you are please don't touch me <laughs> and I freeze because I just am not used to saying please don't touch me on a first date you know because I've just been in long-term relationships for such a long time and and what feels safe you would say I I really appreciate your attention but I I don't feel ready for touch right now yeah what 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 is it that feels scary there can you try and go into that so I've, I've experienced something similar on two different occasions and one I just didn't express anything and at that time, I didn't express because I was probably focused around what he would think of me or I didn't want to push him away. Um, so in I was focused around his perception of me and him liking me, although in that moment, I didn't like what he was doing to me, right? So it's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And in the second time it happened, um I kind of moved away and I said normally I need a bit more time to be physical with someone but then I have like this narrative in my head of like then then the brain starts happening and it's like well normally if you really like someone then it's you, you would feel okay with them being around you because you want them to be close to you so la 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 so I start mentalizing it straight away as well. And then in a way I did have flight because I, I ended that date early. Mm. But I think it was correct for the situation. I, I wasn't attracted to him. So that was how it was. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it, it's, it, is, it is very interesting because I, I, I recognize it completely from myself that we can have this idea that it's it's making the other person uncomfortable or making them push it pull away or whatever mm -hmm. but in re and and then we can go to the root of that okay so was it unsafe as a child or what happened there um or did we just not learn it? I mean, a lot of us haven't had parents who were emotionally intelligent. That's just a, a lineage fact, right? So, but in reality, men, if we are saying things with a, a sweetness in our voice and with love, they fucking love when we are clear. 
they fucking love it because then they know how to fucking navigate us mm -hmm. if we are not communicating clear it's like a, a mystery like a, they don't know yeah and i think what i normally say is like in that situation with the hand it's like giving a compliment saying i really love your attention right now like i feel you and my body is not fully ready for touch yet and i i want to feel fully ready and safe for your touch yeah that sounds very sexy <laughs> uh, yeah so when we can say things like that mm. instead of don't touch me yeah it's a completely different reaction you we will get yeah It's like I I deeply desire you to open me. I fucking want to fully open to you. But for my body to do that, I need it to be slow. And I need, I would love some massage on my thighs to just relax a little bit more before I can really open. So... <laughs> Yeah, you can feel how your body almost relaxes just thinking about being able to say that out loud. And I think that's the thing with doing these things is it can only feel comfortable and it can only be safe and feel safe for you to do that when you practice this with other people. Because what I've found is I felt like I had worked on myself a lot I felt like I felt very confident that I was able to navigate those kind of situations. But although I had been in a secure relationship and was good at being secure in that relationship, it doesn't get triggered as much as when you meet new people. And then you, I see myself revert back to like old versions of me, old patterns of behaving. And I personally really want to learn how to be good at relating to people. So when I experience these things now, I see it as, okay, I was practicing something there and I didn't fully succeed to the extent that I wanted to. But I did my best in the situation, right? And I think that's a good thing to uh, remember. I, I actually want to bring up another situation um, that I experienced recently. So I, I'm, I was communicating with this guy that was very on, like very, very forward, was calling me all of the time. Um, and then from like one day to the next, then he just called <laughs> And then I, I reached out to him and I, and I said, it feels really weird to me that like for the past week, you've been calling me like five times a day. And um, then suddenly for two days, I don't hear from you. What's, what's going on with you? And uh, I never heard from him. So it's really like for your nervous system, it's like, I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to practice this, but then something like this happens and you're like, okay, that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think for, for men that, I, I mean, I'm not a man, so I am also careful here, but, but um they also long to feel safe they also long to feel like they can be the man or the king or be uh you know so it it sounds like that he was in some sort of uh pattern of of trying to get some security and you were not ready to to get give him that because it was so full on so yeah. you know men men have the same things going on and um cutting a little bit there um so of course it's a two-way street right to to navigate yeah 
Yeah, it's really, really interesting whenever we're dealing with other people because it brings up all of the old things that we haven't dealt with yet. Mm. So, I mean, you bring so much wisdom to this space and all of the things that you talk about. I'm just like, how she communicates. This is how I want to do. Like, how can you teach me how to do this? What What is your process? Do you have any causes? What do you do? So I think I think the base of what I am doing is based in the body. Mm. Based in the nervous system. And so it's almost like how can we create relaxation, safety, breath. Ah. Mm. How can we sink in? even deeper and try and just communicate <sighs> from the body what happens in my body as I am here with you there are some beautiful practices where it, it can be like a practice as a fundament for maybe faster communication but it's like breathing together and just like so um, so when i am sitting here with you right now i am really enjoying our conversation and i am really enjoying how honest you are how authentic you are I feel a deeper relaxation in my body as I just say that mm. and that I allow myself right now to go here with you ah, I feel how my breath is getting deeper and I can feel there's a we are both quite strong women. And as we move here, there is a vulnerability that can open. I feel it coming slowly. And I would love to be safe with you there. I feel so much like when I hear you say those things I'm almost like falling in love with you and <laughs> yeah it's just really making me feel like oh I feel so connected mm -hmm. and I completely understand the powerfulness of showing up from that space of actually being completely present just allowing for everything that is in the moment so when yeah so so the 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 dialogue here so when i hear you say that if you should say when i hear you say that what happens in your body when i hear you say that i feel like my heart is very grounded like it's very calm it's not pounding hard I feel like I can breathe I feel like my entire body is connected I feel it it's this is like my own perception and judgment that comes up but I feel it very much in my pussy when I'm really present <laughs> <laughs> so some shame comes up around that where it's like but that's actually how I feel like I'm connected it's like I'm connected all the way up right mm. and it feels very good So when I just heard you say that, I had this like goosebumps go all on my skull and in my neck. 
and I have some burping and my jaw starts to open and I feel I'm, we are rooting here together. I also feel my pussy and I'm, ah, here with you, with every fucking thing that I am. Ah. So, an access point of communication is to practice to sink into this. And just like I notice when you're doing this, this is happening in my body. Mm. And then just take it from there. And it, it's, it's, of course, there is a practice of keep listening and being able to when someone is sharing to be able to feel a person's unique constellation and timeline mm. and just hear and listen who are they where are they coming from what is this about and not sitting with my own stuff but mm. really listening yeah and and there to communicate and then when I am sharing that that person can hopefully do the same thing so we can really feel and listen together and be present yeah so that's one layer and then the other one is just like more somatic mm. dialogue from there are some beautiful practices. It's called the noticing game. There is belly to belly created by David Cates. There are also some of the things that we teach on tantric sexology, how to communicate like through play fight, mm -hmm. through um, somatic expression yeah. and just letting energy out that is stuck in the body instead of everything becoming so mentally dialogued. Yeah, and I think that is part of our disconnect. We are so close to nature and animals biologically, mm. but we we are forgetting the ah, all the impulses and all the expressions that we have available. So how can we play there more in our relationships? I think both from the trauma perspective, but also from the safe perspective, like how can we continue to circulate and be in our bodies mm. and uh, express and feel from there? I noticed that I get so curious about, I wonder, I think that you teach like tantric sexology to people that want to be practitioners too, right? when people decide to go down that path what like how much do they need to know about this space already to go into it because that's something that I have I've thought quite a lot about like I really want to learn how to do this not necessarily like okay so I'm going to be a sexologist and teach this to other people but I want to know the process to teach myself yeah yeah, so, so our kind of access point is that you have to have some experience with working with clients and people. Mm -hmm. But for you to say, I, I, I'm sure I want to be a tantric sexologist, it's not needed. We, the way that I am doing everything is that I want people to be in their unique alignment, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. And some people are using this to resource into some other things, which is totally fine. Um, so if everyone, we because we are doing, we, we say this is an embodiment education because you need to embody before you can mm -hmm. actually hold space. Yeah. So that is the fundament. And, and there is a personal line and there's a professional line, but what your exact professional line is, is gonna look like, it, it's not so important. Um, but there has to be a passion, there has to be a full on like purpose somehow 
that yeah. you have a sensing it's mm. it's something to do with this but the clarity doesn't fully have to be there so i've had a lot of things come up around this sexual work and within like love and connection and i have been looking into many different paths to go down that road like normal sexologists also looked at some ista courses as well so I would love to hear more, just some quick notes. If people want to know how to work with you and, and the educations that you have, where do people go to find you and what are the kind of offerings that you have? Yeah, so right now it's possible to sign up for our Tantric Sexology group number two, which starts in March. <laughs> Oh, exciting. We are, we are already half oh, full. So, um, oh. it's, um, yeah, if you want that, that is um, now, kind of, before <laughs> first of... I think of, we need to have a conversation about that then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, there is a lot to say about that. And I... I just come from a supervision with the tantric psychologist and I'm like on fire. We are looking into create something for the youth mm -hmm. uh, together. And so there is a lot of amazing things going on there. Um, and then um, the whole pleasure temple is about to be relaunched with a new website. Um, we are working on um if you want to become work with tantric yarmoring as a body worker, or you want to facilitate embodiment work as a professional, those are the trainings where you learn to fully rewire the nervous system, clear trauma, how to activate life force, how to work with embodiment as a professional practitioner. And of course you go through the whole process yourself. There is from the very first level and into the, uh, the most advanced level, which is also internal pelvic yarmoring. It is how to be an, in non-interference, how to become a channel um, in the work. So it's all coming. And then um, we have two day events coming up in Copenhagen uh, next year. Um, there's going to be one for new year. There's going to be Maybe I shouldn't disguise all this, but you can come and you can come together with uh, 50, 60 women and we dive into rewiring the nervous system. We dive into pleasure. We dive into all the things that you um, only otherwise get on the trainings. We have a retreat coming up for next year about female sexuality. So as soon as the new website comes up, there is going to be um and then i'm working on um i want to for next year create a mastermind for female leaders where we combined business and sexuality together um fucking go into pleasure and open our portals so that um, and from an embodied place yeah that is so important i've you know i've done the work with with uh, business coaching for quite a while now and and one of the things that I really felt like was lacking is that it just becomes way up here and it's just so much in the strategy and in the masculine space, even when like I've worked with a lot of business coaches that is like so spiritual. And then when you get into it, it's, it is all of it is so masculine even still. So I think that it's so important to have a space where it's really grounded into feminine energy and sexuality and pleasure because yeah. running a business for a lady can quickly become into something that's not serving you I think yeah it, it very quickly and it, it is a massive challenge right to because of course the masculine structures are important to hold the feminine but yeah it's like how to actually do that and i i feel like the if we are really to stay true with our cycle mm -hmm. if we are utilizing 
the portal that we are of downloading and feeling okay this is what's coming through me this is what i want to birth mm-hmm. we actually need to be quite spacious yeah to fully feel and sense mm-hmm. and how to actually do that with a business mm-hmm. it, it is a massive puzzle and um yeah it's it's a very interesting puzzle but I think it's it's very important that we, um, as you say, cut the illusions yeah. to amass the masculine paradigm and, and really discover and investigate together how can we really do this from a feminine perspective. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something that there is one uh, like answer to, it's something I think we are discovering into and to be humble about that. Um, and um, a big piece for that for me is the body work, the pleasure, the, the, comp- the ability to complete surrender and to, to have our body and consciousness open to receive. And in that non-interference, things can start to happen more by itself but it doesn't mean that i don't have structures and stuff but it means that i am maybe collapsing time a Mm -hmm. bit more Mm -hmm. because i am not in a constant do or fear but i am ah, an open yeah Yeah. and that and we kind of need also some structures for you to have a feeling of safety so you feel financially safe for you to express your creativity so it is such an interesting road to go down into so i'm so excited to see what you're going to do with that because i think that that work is so important and I think we need to have a chat about that uh, <laughs> that education. So we we have to find another time for that. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much. I knew that this this talk would like have its uh, its own life and decide to go exactly where it needed to go for for today. So I'm very excited about all of the things that we talked about. And I would love to have you back at another time. I'm sure that we can find a lot of interesting things to talk about. <laughs> Thank you so much, sorry for inviting me. It was a, a pleasure to um, communicate with you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. If you like this episode, remember to go on Instagram and say hi. It's at molly.freya. Come join me, follow this podcast if you like this episode and want to hear more like this. And come say hi, let's keep in touch. And yeah, have an amazing day. Bye.